0: Welcome to the weekly spiral. You are tuned into episode 87. And today we have a very exciting one for you. We are going to do the weekly spiral mock draft live on podcast here for you. So we will get into it. Um, The Jaguars are officially on the clock. But before we you know, we'll let them figure out what they want to do. That's Durgan's pick. He's going to make the first pick here. I'm I'm going to be uh, very surprised if it's not who I think it is, but you never know with Durgan. He makes you know some exciting hot takes here. But before we get into that, I got my co-hosts
1: Matthew Durgan, as I mentioned, and Casey Sully with me. How you guys doing? I'm just excited that it's uh, finally the Jordy Nelson episode, uh, oh, in eighty-seven. Yeah. So that's that's pretty exciting. And then you know also the draft is right around the corner. Finally, you know next week. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know I think the the two first picks are kind of locks, and then things start to, to really get going at number three and number four. So I'm, I'm excited to see how it plays out for us and how it how it plays out in, in real life.
2: Yeah, in my opinion, these are the next two episodes are the best ones of all year. I love doing these mock drafts, a lot of fun. Uh, and the draft, you know, we talked about it, it sneaks up on you, but here it is. And uh, we're ready to roll. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And so today we'll do picks one through 16. Uh, give you who we think is going to be picked it's going to be a little bit of our opinion as well as the team and what we've heard in the media and what we think might happen Um, so a little bit of combination of both but without further ado the jacksonville jaguars with with the uh, first pick in the 2021 nfl draft the jacksonville jaguars select mac no i'm kidding
2: trevor lawrence clemson everyone knows this he's been the first overall pick he stepped foot uh, on campus at clemson uh, there's not too much talk about him that that wasn't said yet he, he's, he's the best he's the best prospect i've seen uh, ever uh, he is ready to go right now be a day one starter and he's gonna be a great for the uh, city of jacksonville and for that franchise yeah i don't know that i have a ton to to add to
1: to that he seems like the clear consensus number one and uh you know, uh, uh, Jaguars fans were already donating to his wedding registry, apparently. I don't think he really needs yep. the donations and the, and the money. <laughs> no. but yeah, he's, he's good. He'll be good in uh, a couple months. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he fits an Urban Meyer system and, and get that thing going down in, down in Jacksonville. I think maybe a little bit better of a situation than a big market. You can sort of fly under the radar a little bit and and not have the press hounding you all the time as a, as a number one pick down there. So, he may be able to sort of ease into the NFL and, and develop into a good situation down there.
0: Yeah. And it's a decent roster that he's joining as well. I mean, they have, they have some weapons. Uh, I like DJ Chark. I think they're going to have a good uh, connection, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if he can live up to the hype. I'm not sure. I don't know if he can, just because the hype is so astronomical. How does anyone live up to that hype? He's been like, he's been touted almost as if he's like the best thing since sliced bread. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think he'll play well, and it's you know, good for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Very unfortunate for this next team that I'm going to make the pick for here. So with the second overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the New York Jets select Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. I didn't want to make this pick. I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson fan, admittedly, um, but I think this is pretty much a lock. This is who's going to go number two to the Jets. And, you know, it's, it's about time they, they get a quarterback who they can build with. And I think bringing in Sala and Joe Douglas and, and kind of having this uh, organization start from scratch is a great idea. But they really screwed themselves by, uh, by losing a few games, right? They, they could have had this first overall pick. And I think the drop off from Trevor Lawrence to Zach Wilson is pretty steep, in my opinion. And on top of that, there's some injury concerns with Zach Wilson. There's some uh, I've heard of some off the field potential issues, but nothing maybe too crazy. But
2: he's a good uh, Mormon, okay? He's a how good Mormon.
0: You? He probably is. I think he's, no not, he's, not
2: ever, he's not even a real Mormon. Fun fact. He's oh, like fake a Mormon. half, half take Mormon. Take him off! Take him off the board. <laughs> yeah, off the character board. Concerns.
1: <laughs> character <laughs> um,
2: concerns. Character yeah. concerns.
0: How dare you fake being a Mormon, right? But pick, yeah, pick, so Mac it, <laughs> pick Mac Jones. Pick Mac Jones. I swear to you, man, if Mac Jones goes in the top five, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, but I think this will be a good fit, and it's you know it's a good starting off point for an organization that is going to need a few years.
1: Yeah, I'm not the highest on Zach Wilson either. I think he's very talented, but um, it surprised me that he has sort of totally jumped Justin Fields and Trey Lance and Mac Jones and has sort of like solidified himself as the number two uh, without a ton of discussion, it seems like. It seemed like, I don't know, he had his, his pro day and he threw that ball across his body and everyone was like, oh, there's the number one, number two pick. Um and meanwhile, every other quarterback that's had a pro day made the same exact throw yeah. uh, in uh, shorts and shirts. It's, it's not <laughs> that crazy to do when you're an uh, NFL-level talent. So um, maybe they just feel like he's got the leadership qualities, like they've had the, the opportunity to interview the, these guys, and, and maybe they feel like he's just the best culture fit for them and, and brings uh, uh, the right personality to the team to, to sort of hit the reset button and, and move on from Sam Darnold and, and get things going.
2: Zach Wilson is the best quarterback in this draft at off-script moments. And that's what we're sure. seeing more and more of. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is maybe the best ever at doing that. Uh, all that being said, I am really worried the more I think about it. The fact he did terrible. Not good his first year, very bad his second year. And then they played a cupcake schedule this past year because of COVID. They kind of just scheduled who they could. And that's when he blossomed. And it's the same thing we're criticizing Trey Lance for, not playing a strong schedule, that's getting overlooked with Zach Wilson. And being in the New York media, you mentioned with Trevor Lawrence, he has the luxury now of playing Jacksonville. Maybe the spotlight won't be on him. The spotlight's going to be on Zach Wilson from day one. I don't think, I'm not going to say he's going to be a bust, but I'm not sure he's going to live up to that number two overall billing. But he is very talented, and he could get there with right coaching.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's a very smart quarterback. He's got he's got the arm talent. Um, the sample size isn't the largest, but it'll be interesting to see how he can fare in an organization that has historically ruined quarterbacks. So uh, we'll follow that closely here. But without further ado, let's see what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have been uh, doing. They've been on the clock over in San Francisco with the third overall pick in the
1: 2021 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select... Justin Fields quarterback Ohio State and you're welcome 49ers fans for that one uh I don't know if it'll come to reality in in a a week or so here but um I mean all the reports are are, seem to be indicating Mac Jones but I think Fields is the better quarterback he's accurate he's tough he's durable he played through injury during the the playoff game and you know you didn't hear him complain he just went out there and did everything he could for his team and put his body on the line um And, uh, you know, that's a big part of what the 49ers are missing with Jimmy G is a guy that can uh, stay healthy enough to play and and contribute in in games. And uh, Justin Fields has has done that. Uh, he might be a little bit mechanically sort of long and uh, an elongated throwing motion, and he he might need a little bit of polish. But he he really doesn't have issue going through reads and understanding concepts and and that kind of stuff. He just sort of has trouble with the timing of that and syncing up his feet and where his eyes need to be at the right time. So it's not a lack of understanding or intelligence or football IQ or anything like that. It's just meshing sort of his footwork and mechanics and and where his eyes are to be where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there in the play um so i, I think going to the 49ers is the perfect situation he can sort of take a year to, to sit and learn behind jimmy g and get in, involved in the shanahan system which is pretty notorious for for being a, a big ask for young quarterbacks to to go into uh very complicated and a lot of checks and and stuff you can do at the line so uh Giving him an extra year really puts him in a good position to succeed, and he, he just instantly adds a huge extra dynamic to the 49ers offense and being able to run the ball, even if the, that's not really his main uh, mode of transportation, um, but he he's very talented, very accurate. He does not miss the open guys. He's not going to miss uh, Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl. He's going to make that play and, and deliver good catchable balls to to his guys downfield and let Debo and Kittle and, and all those guys go to work.
2: I, I hope you're right. I absolutely hope it's Justin Fields. Um, there, like you said, Mac Jones has been the hot name going there. But I did find it interesting today. Todd McShay went on Dan Patrick. No, excuse me, Rich Eisen's uh, radio show and he said yeah i'm hearing you know mac jones to the niners but it's one of those things where you keep hearing it over and over again to the point you're like okay this can't be really happening like there's this the niners ever since they had a new regime they don't leak their picks weeks in advance maybe a day of or the day before but it's not something that's like a well-known thing so it's almost something's going on i, I mean it could be mac jones still but it's almost too obvious um, and then now, uh, Justin Fields is odds-on favorite uh, in Vegas to be the pick, which was two weeks ago, overwhelming for Mac Jones. So I don't know who's going to be. It could be Fields, Lance, or Jones. Uh, but one thing I do know for sure is that Kyle Shanahan knows who it's going to be. And if it's not Mac Jones, he's doing a great job of hiding it from the media, which is great because I love to see them look stupid every once in a while. Uh, but, yes, please, football gods, Please, 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 Justin Fields.
0: Totally agree. Justin Fields would be a phenomenal pick here for the Niners. I think it's the only pick, honestly. I don't know. Uh, I've seen some some Trey Lance things. I've seen some Mac Jones things. I don't know that you trade up to three for those guys, um, but I think the potential for Fields... I mean, the floor and the, and the ceiling, I think, are incredibly high. Yeah. So uh, this dude is the most athletic quarterback in the draft. He's, he's probably the... Um, like Casey mentioned the most dynamic I think Shanahan likes that and will select fields I think the rest is smoke and mirrors and uh we'll we'll see this come to light come draft night but without further ado the Falcons have been on the clock so let's take it to Atlanta and with the fourth overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft the Atlanta Falcons select
2: Kyle Pitts tight end at the University of Florida I want to say I my feeling is that they will trade this pick because uh, a lot of teams will need quarterbacks. However, if the Falcons do stay here at four, it's got to be Pitts. Uh, they restructured Matt Ryan's deal to the point where they can't get rid of him until after next season. So are you going to spend a fourth overall pick on a guy to sit on the bench for two years if you're a quarterback? I don't think so. Uh, Trey Lance is a possibility. I think they like him, and I think that Arthur Smith sees a lot of what Brian Tannehill could do in Trey Lance, but to a higher degree, but Kyle Pitts is the best uh, option here. He's a tight end, but more of a receiver. Uh, you go from Julio Jones as the, maybe the most physically dominated receiver uh, in the league, and now you have Kyle Pitts, who in the future could fill that role. It's it, it's a no-brainer, in my opinion. Also, you saw in ten- Tennessee, obviously, they had Derrick Henry running, but he did a lot of play action, and Joe Smith was huge this year in for the Titans offense. If you can do that similar thing with Kyle Pitts, who is Jonu Smith times 10, he'll be a thousand yard receiver year in and year out. So if they stay at this location, it's gotta be Pitts. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Pitts is, is probably my favorite skill position
1: guy in the draft. Um, so I, I definitely like him and he, he would make that, that offense incredibly dynamic. You have Calvin Ridley, you have Julio Jones, you have Kyle Pitts, you, you have a question mark at running back, but um you know that would instantly sort of push you a little bit further into the the I don't know if you can really compete with the bucks at this point given the the state of the defense for the Falcons but um, you can at least compete for second in that division I think and and fight with uh, the the Saints a little bit uh, maybe the Panthers and and make a little bit of noise if, if that offense really gets clicking like like it can be and has shown it can be Uh Kyle Pitts helps that that cause and, and gets you going and you know you're gonna have to pass some holes on defense somehow but if you can score points you know that helps a lot.
0: Yeah, and the word generational talent gets thrown out uh, a lot, but I think it really applies here with Kyle Pitts. The dude, I mean, two words to best describe him, and we say this about a lot of athletic players, but especially at tight end at the tight end position, mismatch nightmare or matchup nightmare, whatever you want to say. This dude is way too fast for linebackers to cover. And he's way too big for corners and safeties to cover. So what are you going to do? Nothing. He's going to dominate. And I think he's going to have a really good rookie season. I think he comes in as an impact player right away for whoever he uh, lands with. So um, love this pick for sure. Let's move on to number five. We have the Cincinnati Bengals. So with the fifth pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Penesuel out of Oregon, offensive tackle. The best offensive lineman in the draft, I think if he's there at five, this is, in my opinion, even though you're picking five, this is a steal. In other drafts, I think Sewell would have been top three. So the fact that there's quarterbacks kind of pushing this talent down is a huge win for the Cincinnati Bengals, who really, their line might be their biggest problem at this point. You're know, you got your, your looking like potential franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow. So you got to keep him upright, coming off an injury and, and kind of see what he can do, given some time behind that offensive line. So If you take anyone but Sewell, if you get somehow fleeced into taking Jamar Chase because of that connection with Joe Burrow, I think that's just bad management. So, this is the smartest pick for sure. And uh, I think this is where
1: Sewell is most likely to land. I will slightly disagree. I, I am very high on Sewell, but the Bengals do have average tackles. Tackle is not really the issue for them. It's the interior offensive line. And I think the guard and center positions, there's an opportunity to get somebody in the second or the third to patch those holes and solidify things maybe more than Sewell would for them going in at tackle and moving one of your, your tackles that are currently there that are performing at an average level. Um, cause that for me does not seem like the big need for them. Um, now, if you have a plan to, like, kick someone inside at guard and, and make stuff work or to have Sewell be there for a year and then move out to, to tackle or something, I don't, I don't know. But I could see a scenario where they feel like, well, the the average difference or the total difference in talent jump for us uh, would be more impactful to get another receiver or something like that and then get a guard in the second or third and, and patch that hole that way. Um So I think that this is where things really start to get interesting in the draft and and that four and five with the Bengals and the Falcons. But um, Sewell is still the the top lineman for me. I know some people are starting to say that Rashawn
2: Slater's bypassed him, but uh, Sewell's still the top guy for me. I agree agree with Cyrus that they need to pick Sewell here. Um, You did mention the fact that Riley Reif and Jonah Williams are their two current tackles right now. Both good Mm -hmm. players. But you can't let good players prevent you from drafting great players. And Penny Sewell is a great player. You can kick John Williams inside have him play left guard. And all of a sudden, your left side of the line is very strong. Mm-hmm. And you still have good receivers. T. Higgins, Auden Tate, uh, Tyler Boyd. And that's not, not murderer's row by any means. But that's still enough, I think, for Joe Burrow to get the job done. And we saw last year his injury. If he doesn't get injured last year, I would be more inclined to think, okay, receiver at this spot. The fact he's injured and it's an ACL injury and he does that, he that ACL again or hurts that knee again, then we're looking at a really bigger problem. And, of course, he can hurt it any way possible. There's a million ways he can get injured. But have offensive lineman staying strong on the left side that helps maybe ease him a little bit mentally. Uh, at least we can hope so because Joe Burrow is a heck of a player. We all like him here. Uh, so I hope Penny still was a pick here. But, I mean, we're gonna talk a little bit more about Jamar Chase later on. You can't go wrong with either one of those guys. They're both Pro Bowl talents,
0: and also Riley Reef played guard in college, so oh, okay. he could Take potentially slide in. And I know he's offered to do that on the Vikings before he was signed uh, with Cincinnati. So I, I think, I mean, if you have an opportunity to pair a franchise left tackle with your franchise quarterback, I, I you, you can't pass that up. And we've seen before wide receivers can be crapshoots sometimes, as, as enticing as it might be. The position, in my opinion, like Durgan mentioned, for the Bengals is not bad at all. I think it's a solid group. So in my opinion, almost any other pick here besides an offensive tackle might be a, a fatal mistake long term long term let's talk about a team though who has not been making fatal mistakes who has been doing the opposite and uh, take it over to beautiful sunny miami so with the
1: sixth pick in the 2021 nfl draft the miami dolphins select jamar chase we just talked about him and even if pitts was here I think Jamar Chase adds the most impact for this team right now. It's just sort of how I talked about, uh, not necessarily the opportunity cost, but the the level of jump in play from one position to another for the Bengals. I think it's the same thing for the Dolphins. Uh, You have Fuller now, you have Gasecki. you have Devontae Parker, and now you have a dude in Jamar Chase that is... like tailor-made for RPOs and running after the catch and winning contested catches Uh, he plays bigger than he is and it seems like uh, the Dolphins are really going to start to skew towards Tua's strengths and at Alabama uh, they ran a ton of RPOs RPO-centric offense throwing glance routes quick slants bubbles that kind of stuff um, to is very accurate in the short and intermediate game. And uh, Jamar Chase can just make an absolute living there. That, that's a way to force him the ball five to six times a game uh, just off of those sort of RPO concepts. Um, and that skill set just sort of fits perfectly what they have going on there. You have the the downfield threat with with Will Fuller. You have Devontae Parker, who's turning sort of a, a little bit more into a possession guy. He's he's you know, been a little bit hit or miss. He had a really good year a couple years ago, and you know was sort of a little bit average above average this year. So this really rounds out that receiving group and the the skill group over there in Miami and. and uh, you can really evaluate Tua after this year, I think, with the, with the group that they would have with Jamar Chase
2: added on. I, I agree with you totally. Uh, Jamar Chase dominated the SEC at 19 years old as a receiver. That is so tough to do. He had great offense around him, but as he might be the best season from a SEC receiver of all time at 19. Think about that. Dolphins do have, like you mentioned, Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, but neither of those guys have been able to stay healthy, their careers. So Mm -hmm. you can't rely on them for the future. And this is a future pick. This is a guy you want to build that relationship with Tua for three, five, six, seven years down the road. And he's going to be a beast. There's no doubt about it. He's not almost a physically opposing guy. I believe he's 6'1", 200 pounds, but he plays tough. And he can do everything for you. So there's no reason why you shouldn't go with him here if he's available they might go offensive line, but they, I think they have a fine offensive line. It's uh, not the best, but it's pretty good, and it's enough to keep two upright. So give them some targets. Uh, they might go running back later on. That's another need for them in the future. But Jamar Chase, best player available, also in need.
0: Yeah, and the the uh, the, the Dolphins are in a great position here. I'm really envious because they can just kind of sit back, and take the best player that kind of falls to them. If they, if Penny Sewell falls to them, they can take that. They can take him. If Jamar Chase is there, if Kyle Pitts is there, whoever they really want, I think might be there with these first three picks being quarterbacks. So, I I think uh, I think it's going to be a good draft for the Miami Dolphins. And I'm going to be very sad to see Jamar Chase go to uh, <laughs> go to this team. Um, but totally totally fine with that pick for them. I think he'll be an impact player for sure. Let's move to number seven. We got the Lions. So with the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Detroit Lions select Jalen
2: Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. And this is the first kind of, gets guess, off the reservation pick uh, so far through the first seven. But Jalen Waddell is fast, very, very fast. And we saw last year with Henry Ruggs, who no one expected to be the first overall receiver taken, he was at 12 to the Raiders. Speed kills. Jalen Waddle doesn't isn't as good right now as Devonta Smith is, but give him two three years, he could be a Tyree Kill type player, and that's what the Lions are banking on. Uh, they're not ready to compete next year. They might have the worst roster, or at least the bottom two or three roster in the entire league. And Jared Goff isn't the guy who's going to make things happen for them like Matt Stafford did. So if you get a guy like Waddle who you can They'll run some jet sweeps with some screens, some quick passes, and he can be a, a superstar. Also, the fact they have no receivers that you can look at and say, "Okay, that's that's a top guy." They have a lot of guys who are wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna bang on the fact they're going for high upside here. Uh, they could trade down as well. That they would be a good team to do that because they're not going to go with the quarterback. Uh, we assume. So maybe get back, may get a few more picks, but this pick high upside. Uh, high risk, high reward, but the race being for the fence this year.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say I, I think it really depends on the quarterbacks left. If they if one of their dudes or one of the ones that they, they really like is there, I could see them taking quarterback if maybe it's Justin Fields or, or someone like that that's you know slid down to seven. Um, I could see them saying, you know, new regime, new GM, head coach that are sort of locked in for the next three or four years. Let's just pair it with a guy that, you know, doesn't necessarily need to start right now. We can, you know, have Jared Goff sort of teach him the ropes. And I don't think Jared Goff would be a big fan of that. But if you can then parlay Jared Goff into picks next year after sitting your rookie for a year, uh, that could be a pretty enticing situation for, for them. Um, but Jalen Waddle. Uh, like you said, adds a, a a new dynamic, speed to that team, um, uh, threat downfield, and and that sort of can can open up everything else. He's not my favorite receiver in the draft, um, but like you said you you got to have one of those guys on your team to to really put your offense in a in a good situation and uh he immediately does that just by being on the field you got to make sure you can you protect deep and and shade a little bit his way to 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 take focus off of the guys that uh can work underneath
0: yeah he's a threat to score at any time i've I've heard teams compare him to tyreek hill which i think i don't know i don't i mean time will tell obviously but um, I don't know if he's that fast. He's definitely he's definitely a speedster, but um, I don't hate the pick. You know, I think I think a lot of teams will be surprised, or a lot of people, excuse me, will be surprised to see uh, him go before Devonte Smith. But I think it's totally possible. Like you mentioned, Durgan, speed you can't really teach, right? So, yep. um, I would not be totally surprised to see this happen. Let's go to number eight, though. We got the Panthers. So with the eighth pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Carolina Panthers select. Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle. So he's an offensive tackle, but he's also not an offensive tackle, right? He's an offensive lineman. And I think if if you draft him, it's because you you value that versatility. This dude can play guard. He can play center. He can play tackle. He can play almost anywhere on that offensive line and slot in right away. And I think be an upgrade and, and be effective immediately. So I, uh, I think if... If you think you got your quarterback, I'm saying if you think because I don't know that they do, but um, if you think you know you you uh, traded for your guy, then you gotta protect your guy. So I'm taking Rashawn Slater here for the Carolina Panthers.
1: And you also got to think, you know, Christian McCaffrey is coming back as well, and you want to open up holes for him and let him him go to work. Um, and that offense could all of a sudden look very very dangerous if Sam Darnold. Uh, even plays sort of at an average level and gets them a little bit more uh, in the deep ball area in Joe Brady's offense. Um, they can be a pretty dynamic team and a tough team to stop, especially if they have an offensive line to, to pair with it and push people around.
2: The Panthers are in a great spot here. At a, uh, We think that a lot of teams would be aggressive moving up to get quarterbacks early, which means that a lot of talent is going to be pushed down their direction. And if a guy like Rayshon Slater who I think at eight, if they draft him there, he would start off at left tackle. That's like their one weakness on offense, assuming Sam Darnold is an improvement over Bridgewater. If he can be a legit left tackle for them, this team is stacked on offense. and uh, they, they could be really good with Joe Brady uh, calling the plays. And also to note, they went all defense last year in their drafts. They did not make one single offensive pick. So I think they'll target offense early and often uh, in this draft and Ray Slater shut down chase young as a sophomore in yeah. 2019. No one else has been able to do that in college and not many guys in the NFL can even do that. Uh, he, he embarrassed them totally. So he is a high upside, but also he can play right now. Very enticing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like Casey mentioned, some teams might even have him rated over Penny Sewell, which yeah. I wouldn't personally, but I think that versatility might sell you on him. Um, let's move on here we got the broncos up next so with the ninth pick in the 2021 nfl draft the denver broncos select
1: mac jones baby he makes his <laughs> appearance uh why replace Locke, a toolsy inconsistent guy with another toolsy and consistent guy in trey lance i don't see i think that would be a very tough thing to palate if you're a denver broncos fan going from one raw prospect to another um I know Elway has transitioned away from being involved in the personnel decisions a little bit, but given the weapons that Denver has outside with Judy and Hamler and Sutton and Fant, and if you can just get a guy to give them a, the ball and let them go to work, uh, that offense could real really take a, a nice step forward. I know it's a very competitive division now with the Chargers and the Chiefs and even the Raiders when they decide to play for their whatever half of the season that they usually <laughs> do and then implode. Um You know, if he can just run that offense, all of a sudden they can start to be contenders because there's some playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. They started to look a little bit better there. Um, So uh, I think uh, just getting a guy that can make the easy throws, give your guy the ball is, is sort of the move to make for the Broncos here.
2: Yeah, if you look at the Broncos roster, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's much better than having the draft ninth overall. And the reason why they were ninth overall is because of the lack of consistent quarterback play with Drew Locke. Uh, He also got hurt, which didn't help. But like you said, they need a guy who can get the ball to these these receivers. Uh, Noah Fant also, I I think Noah Fant last year could have broken out. This year is his breakout year, assuming he can get a quarterback who can feed him the ball. Uh, Mac Jones, I do worry about his arm strength, but he's really good down the field accuracy-wise. And I think, like you said, he is the anti-Drew Locke. While Trey Lance, I think, is much better than both Locke and Jones. Mm-hmm. Has a similar skill set where he is a little bit wild and needs to be calmed down a little bit. Uh, and if you're Vic Fangio, the head coach, you're in your mid-60s. And you, this might be your last year coaching uh, if you don't get the job done. So you need to get a guy who can come in right away and play. Uh, so I like that Mac Jones pick, even if I don't like the player.
0: And he skyrocketed up boards. I mean, late last year, I think he was scouts had a fourth round, fourth, fourth raid, oh my God, I can't talk, <laughs> fourth round grade on Mac Jones. Um, and he's risen to be in this top three discussion, which I think is overdrafting personally, but he's definitely a talented quarterback. Um, and I think he has one of the highest floors of all the prospects, but I, I'm not sure how high his ceiling goes. He's also the, the one of the lightest quarterbacks. So, Um, If you believe in that kind of philosophy, maybe some durability concerns down the line at the next level. But um, I don't think, you know, when you get down to to these level of picks, if you think your quarterback is your guy, um, you know, you can be a little bit more, a little bit less risk averse with it. So the Broncos have traditionally struggled finding quarterbacks. I mean, Locke, um, what was the other guy that they drafted, which we were talking about? Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch. Yeah. So... Yeah, brock osweiler know, the, they had for a while brock osweiler yeah, as well yeah it's know, getting worse it's getting worse for them sure so hey if you want to roll the dice and and if you think mac jones might be the guy i don't hate the pick i think he's going to go later in the first and some teams going to get a decent value but um that's just my personal prediction so we shall see let's move on to pick number 10 though we got we got a few nfc east teams here picking back to back to back so we'll start with the first one at pick number 10 in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, excuse me,
2: select Patrick Sertan II from Alabama. He is a safest uh, prospect in my eyes. I, I don't see any way where he'd be a bust. I uh, also be the first defensive player. We've done only offense so far, so that's pretty interesting to see. Uh, Sertan II. He is very technically sound. He is not the athlete of a J.C. Horn or Kayla Farley, but in terms of refinement, he is. Excellent. He is NFL pro in that sense. And that's what one thing that Nick Saban does a great job of as a former defensive backs coach and defensive coordinator. He makes sure his, his defensive players are well coached. And, that, and you can tell that on film right away with Sertan. Uh, he wasn't tested as much this past year because he was the guy. He was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. So No one's going to throw his direction. But when they did, it was no-fly zone. And the Cowboys need secondary. They did an okay job of addressing the safety position to the point where they can get by a year or two. But outside of Trayvon Diggs, they have no corners. And pairing them up with his former Alabama teammates, all of a sudden you're turning your secondary from a huge weakness to, okay, we can live with this. They, they can, they're not going to hurt us. And I kind of, I think this happened, but I kind of doubt at the same time because Jerry Jones... Never is predictable when it comes to the draft. He wants to get the flashy names. He wants to get the headlines. And this would be an anti-flashy, anti-headlines move. But it's the right one. So let's see if Jerry Jones has learned something in his years. Doubtful he has at this point. But this would be the smart choice. Yeah, and with Trayvon
1: Diggs, the allegations against him for uh, domestic assault uh, as well, and they just lost their veteran cornerback, Rashad Robinson, suspended for PEDs. So the the Cowboys are now even thinner at de- defensive back, and that just makes me think even more that they're going to take their favorite cornerback, and that very well could be Patrick Surtain because he's the most— pro-ready like you were saying you can just plug him right in and he can solidify and at least won't blow coverages he'll, he'll be in the right spot um and immediately help that secondary and that they need it
2: one quick point i had no idea about the digs allegations that they brought it up uh reading really quickly through it yeah they should definitely go cornerback <laughs> <laughs> definitely go cornerback here
0: yeah i totally think they should as well and patrick Sertan is is probably CB1 um, on most teams' boards. I personally like a different guy who I think we'll discuss in a little bit here. Um, But let's go on to the next NFC East team with the 11th pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the New York football giants select, and break also my heart, Devontae Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. So I was I was struggling with this pick, and I know we talked about it when we were making these. And I was like, guys, I don't know what to do. And you and you were like, just go with your heart. So I went with my heart, and I think Dave Gettleman sees Devontae Smith sitting here, and in my opinion, a lot of teams are going to have him as wide receiver too in this draft, and sees it as a value, as a, as a really good pick. So. Well, you never know with Dave Gettleman, to be honest. He could do some <laughs> weird shit. But I think, you know, taking the Heisman winner, Devontae Smith, wide receiver, he had a phenomenal season. He has all the tools. He might be the best receiver in this class at getting open, which, you know, separation is huge for receivers right there So (laughs) I think um, if he's there, you know, I think it's too much for the Giants to pass up on. Is wide receiver the biggest need for them? Probably not. I mean, they just signed Kenny Galladay, who, in my opinion, is a good receiver. you got Darius Slayton, who's been playing very well, and Sterling Shepard is solid in his own right. You also signed John Ross to add some speed. So that group is pretty solid as is, but adding Devonte smith to that is only going to make things more deadly and you really got to give daniel jones the weapons to prove that he's your guy um in the remaining uh, contract years that he has on his rookie deal so i think uh this is the direction that the giants go much to my chagrin and uh we'll see what happens but it will be very upsetting to see another nfc east team pick a wide receiver that i want right before we draft as as what happened last year too
1: yeah, you sort of nailed it. I think this is the year you got to evaluate Daniel Jones. And to do that, you got to give him the weapons. And uh, this will be the, the truest test there. You know, Saquon will be back as, as well. And uh, that, that offensive skill group is now, you can't really complain about it. So uh, go out and do the thing, Daniel Jones, or we'll uh, let you go do the thing for somebody else. So I, I, I'm not mad at the pick, and uh, people are a little bit worried about his smaller frame, and he's, he's light, and he can get jammed up. But the problem is you got to get your hands on him, and he's a pretty slippery guy. He's hard to get your, your hands on, evasive, uh, good at creating separation. So I, I'm not too concerned as far as that goes, and I think he's a, a solid pick for the Giants at 11.
2: You mentioned it, uh, the fact that the receiver room in New York isn't terrible. Uh, Tony Shepard does get hurt a lot, though. So that's one thing, yep. maybe to. So does Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, yeah, gosh. Uh, I would say the Giants' biggest need is edge, but there's no edge for draft here 11 that would be worthwhile. And if you look at the NFC East, which is often the butt of many NFL jokes, look at the teams they have there. The Eagles, with all due respect, Cyrus, don't have an identity right now. But right now, right now. look at the Cowboys. What can the Cowboys do if they're healthy? They can score points. And what can the Washington football team do? They can play defense. So what are you going to do to beat those teams? You need offense. So getting more offense, getting a guy who can get open and, can, you know, down the field, short, any way he can, that's the kind of guy you need for now and for the future. So I love the pick. Devonta Smith, I, I like him more than Jalen Waddell. I always worry about how teams evaluate him. They kind of have their ways when it comes to small receivers. Uh, hopefully it they- they can get broken here. Uh, but it'd be a great value here. And also, like you said, Daniel Jones, put up or shut up, it's your time.
0: Yep. Absolutely. All right, well without further ado, we will we will go on to the pick that is making me the most nervous out of all the picks here. I think Casey's picking this one, so don't let me down, Casey. Um with the 12th you. overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles
1: select JC Horn, cornerback. All right. Uh yeah, JC Horn, he's he's a dog dude. He's he's a true number one corner. He can be physical, he can come down and hit. Uh, And he can cover with the best of them. In college, he covered A.J. Brown, Kyle Pitts, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddell, and a, a number of other guys that are NFL pedigree type players. Um, he's got the pro pro genes in him from his dad he ran a 43740 uh, he's seen nFL level competition his last two years and he's grown and learned from that i think that's an important thing to keep in mind like even if he got beaten some of those games he understands now okay what techniques did these receivers use on me and how did they take advantage of my tendencies and now how can i adjust and change those things and i think you saw some improvement from him this last year uh, versus the the year before where he struggled at times he started to, to, to learn and understand okay this is how people are going to attack me how can i protect myself against those things what are some techniques that i can change to to make sure that i'm not as vulnerable and uh you put him across from slay and that secondary in philadelphia immediately becomes one of the best tandems in the league i think and uh you know the, it's something that i think is is important for the for the eagles and and uh immediately uh sort of gives uh jalen hurts the ball back and and gives them an opportunity to go uh score on the other side
0: yeah and well real quick durgan i'm just going to jump in because i'm excited here for go this for pick i think I, I think i like this pick a lot i mean especially if Devonte smith isn't there right if he gets picked right before um there's no wide receiver worth taking in my opinion at this position so unless you're going to trade down this is a great pick because of something durgan mentioned the rest of these teams in your division are gearing up are tooling up are taking these offensive weapons? You need to have the personnel to shut them down. And J.C. Horn is an absolute animal at the cornerback position. We talked about it previously. I think on the last episode, maybe even too much. Like he might be too yeah. physical for the NFL, which is not something people say with prospects coming out. Like you might have to be like J- hey, J.C. Horn, tone it down a little bit at the next level. The refs are going to call you on like on that uh, on that aggressiveness. But I would rather do that than have to get my guy up there and and uh, and, and do the opposite, right? So. I think J.C. Horn, in my opinion, is cornerback one if you want a man corner in this draft.
2: Yeah, J.C. Horn, every guy has said it all when it comes to his play. But I think it's a huge pick for the Eagles because they're losing a lot of guys this past off season and in the future. There might be a weekend that we see Zach Ertz get traded. But they yep. had they had this core group of guys who got them through the playoffs, got the Super Bowl, uh, and now it kind of on the downswing. Those guys getting older. And they need the new leadership group to come in. They need a new face of the franchise. It's not going to be J.C. Horn. He's a cornerback. I, I don't think he's going to be you know, a world beater. But he's going to be the alpha male. He's going to be the guy who comes into the room and lets everybody know his role in the team. And that confidence is infectious. And you compare him with Darius Slay, that's a strong cornerback duo. Strong cornerback duo. So if they can't get a receiver, which even if they have a receiver here op- available, I still think they should go with J. C. Horn because he is that good and he will do uh, they pay major dividends for them in the current season and in the future.
0: Yep, couldn't agree more. Uh, let's go to the next pick. So with the 13th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Chargers. I almost I almost said something <laughs> else.
2: The Los Angeles Chargers select. Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive lineman, USC, not biased, I went to my high school, he's Oakland zone, so I, I do appreciate him for that, but because how well he played this year. Also, his versatility, we like Rashawn Slater because he can play all five positions on the line. Vera Tucker can do the same. I think if you dropped him at 13, like I said with Slater, you're going to start him at left tackle, and the Chargers have a huge need there. Also, you play him at left guard, and he'd be a plus-plus guard. They have Corey Lindsley. They have uh, Bulaga. They're reforming that Packers offensive line. But they still need a lot of work. And your goal now is to protect Justin Herbert at all costs. Barry Tucker, for the most part, destroyed Pac-12 competition. He did struggle in the Pac-12 championship game against uh, a top five pick next year in Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, that guy we'll talk about, we'll talk about him a lot in the future. He, he's a stud. But that's a once-in-generation like, type talent. Barrett Tucker, very technically sound. I watched his film this week, and I'm falling more and more in love with him. Very strong, very good hand placement. Doesn't have the feet or the athleticism of a Slater or a Sewell, but in terms of, okay, I know this guy's not going to be a bust, he is your uh, third-best offensive lineman. Yeah, the the Chargers and the Bengals sort of mirror each
1: other in in some ways, at least, and Mm -hmm. and that's that they need to protect their quarterbacks because both of those offensive lines were bottom five in the league last year. So I think you're sort of forced by default, and by the the fact that you don't have a ton of huge holes, especially on the offensive side of the ball for LA. Um, you know, Keenan Allen's maybe getting up there in age a little bit. You might want to draft another guy with some juice, but um, you got Austin Eckler coming back, and and if you can lean on that run game and start moving people on the offensive line, I think Elijah Vera is a good good option for that, and, and sort of solidifying that for that front. To pair it with your your free agent pick pickup and Corey Lindsley, like you mentioned, and and you've got some stuff. You're cooking with gas, as they say. Yep.
0: Yeah. I like the pick as well. I think we've talked about the philosophy of if you got your guy, protect your guy. And, uh, I don't think anyone questions anymore if the Chargers have their guy. So I like this pick. I think Vera Tucker is one of the most athletic offensive linemen in the draft. Um, and his agility and, and footwork, he kind of mirrors edge rushers, at least at the collegiate level very well. So I would probably, uh, I would probably take him here. Um, I'd be tempted to go elsewhere, potentially, but we can talk about that on another episode maybe. But I think this is probably the pick for the Chargers. This is the smart pick, I yeah. think. Um, which,
2: which makes me think the Chargers won't do it, since it makes sense. The <laughs> Chargers don't make sense, so. I don't hey, know, they've been some, sometimes well it works out. Sometimes
0: True. it works True. out. Justin Herbert, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Let's go to number fourteen. So, with the fourteenth overall pick in the twenty twenty one NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Quiddy Pay, defensive end, Michigan. I think this guy is edge number one, and I think the Vikings need someone to replace Everson Griffin across from Daniel Hunter. Um, I think I think this guy's going to be an impact player right away. Uh, he's explosive he's got the size you want to be a good pass rusher as well as a run defender and he can bend and get around get around those tackles at least at the collegiate level Um, he's he's a little raw I think all the edge rushers in this class are somewhat raw but I think he's the most polished when I look at them so I like him for the Vikings I think he's a good fit for what they want to do and
1: I would take him here at 14. Yeah, I think like you said, they just need someone across from Daniel Hunter, and Quady Pays is is that guy. You know, I think this draft especially is is low on uh, premier edge guys and premier interior defensive linemen as well so uh, if you want one you sort of got to be the first one there because there's there's not much after those first uh, couple guys and uh, so I, I think that's a good slotting in for the Vikings there the Vikings defense is going to be much improved next year I'm predicting come a lot of guys coming back from injury uh, to rookie corners that started playing really well at the end of the year last year uh, and Dansler and, and uh, a couple other guys another losing Anthony Harris I believe but um, they're, they're going to be pretty, pretty fearsome on defense and, and Pay would definitely help that cause.
2: Uh, Pay is the best athlete this year. Uh, of course, we didn't have a combine mm. this year, but every team does their own combine uh, just so they get times in preparation for the draft. He would have set the record for best three cone time of any position at the combine. is a 265 pound man. Who was outrunning and being quicker than receivers and running backs it is absolutely absurd. Uh, he would have had the best times across the board for any defensive lineman. And Bruce Feldman, who writes for the Athletic, has a freak list every year, and this guy was freak number one. And fun fact: on his freak list, he's been doing it for the last six years. None of those guys have been drafted lower than 14. Hmm. So there here we, we are, go. 14. Okay, <laughs> what he pays. Keeping with the trends. His, uh, ath- his production never met his athleticism, but in ways he reminds me of Ziggy Ansah, who played for the Lions for many years. Uh, mm-hmm. He kind of came into the NFL as a freak athlete. Give him a little coaching, he could be a double-digit sack guy for years to come.
0: Yeah, he kind of reminds me of Bradley Chubb a little bit. I see it. Um, but, you know, hopefully without the injury. So <laughs> we will see there. But, yeah, the Vikings, I mean, I think... It's not a it's not a deep class for edge rushers, but they're in a good position to take either defensive end one or defensive end two at fourteen. Um, speaking of a team kind of lucking out, let's uh, let's move on to the Patriots here. With the fifteenth overall pick in the twenty twenty one NFL Draft, the New
1: England Patriots select Trey Lance. They don't even have to trade up to get him. Oh boy, uh, he falls right to him and what uh what more perfect of a mentor than cam newton who i think uh is, is a very similar prospect especially coming out of auburn as trey lance is some some deep ball ic- issues and, and accuracy problems but uh Uh, a dynamic athlete and um, some really good glimpses i think he has the potential to be a much better and more polished thrower than cam newton was Uh, cam newton was very accurate in the short and intermediate game and i think trey lance has the ability to to even rise above that and, and really make things happen on the deep balls as well but for the the patriots offense and mcdaniels he loves that short rhythm passing game that's what they sort of lived on with with tom brady and I think Trey Lance can do that. And now you add the, the run game uh, abilities that they're, they're starting to implement with Cam Newton and, and get those things going, especially in the red zone. And uh, that that just adds a whole new dynamic to your team. So I, I think you can you can take him and you can work with him for, for a year or so behind Cam Newton and, and let him learn behind the guy that sort of trailblazed how that position is played as sort of a bigger, more physical, uh, athletic quarterback uh, and let him learn that system. And and the quarterback of the future is now in New England. And let's all cross our fingers that he's maybe
2: you know I wish him luck, but not quite as not much too luck much as luck. Tom, yeah.
1: not as much as Tom Brady had <laughs> with the Patriots.
2: The more I think about Trey Lance, the more I think that I've been too hard on him. And I really trying to like him. Really kind of come around to him being a possible pick at three to the Niners. Uh, they did just run his pro day this week, which apparently was well. But every pro day goes well. We had to look at Trey Lance, the fact that, yeah, he played in 1AA his lone season. But he was 19 years old and dominating that. 28 touchdowns, no interceptions. The one game he had this year, this throw that tape out. That, that means nothing to me. The fact that he was absolutely killing people en route to a championship at 19 years old, you can't ask much more of him. Of course, you want to see him play against bigger competition. You want to see him play this year. But I believe he's the youngest quarterback of the five that will be drafted. So you be patient with them, Give him some time. Tell the Patriots to be perfect. Give him one year to sit and learn the system. Year two, his first year starting, have a kind of more simplified offense. And year three, let him explode like with Josh Allen. But the Patriots get Trey Lance. Uh, the NFL world will be very upset because they won't be going away anytime soon.
0: Well, you want to talk about uh, one year of production there again? We can kind of take a look at. I mean, we did this before. If we can look at the guys who had one year of production, that was really good. good. Not good. We're talking about Mitch Trubisky, talking about Blake Bortles, your boy Dwayne Haskins, who's no longer in the league, Deshaun Kaiser, Paxton Lynch. I mean, the, the list goes on. This happens all the time. Teams fall in love with a player who has one phenomenal year at the collegiate level, and then it falls apart when they get to the NFL. When you're playing the level of competition that Trey Lance is playing, I think you need more than one year of production in order to be a high pick. I would not be surprised if we see him slip even farther than this. I think I could see the Patriots taking him, but I'm, that's my hot take. I don't I don't know that it happens. I think teams fall in love with his his raw arm talent um, and and take him higher than he probably should be. But this is a risky pick. Don't get it wrong. This this guy, yes, he had 28 touchdowns and zero interceptions, but he could you know he could be seeing ghosts, a la Sam Darnold when he gets out on that NFL field and it's all out the window, no matter how strong your arm is. So um, we'll we'll see what happens. I like Trey Lance. I, I think the the ceiling is incredibly high, but I also think he has like the lowest floor of most of these QBs out here. So we'll see. You look you look emotional, Durgan. Any any uh, rebuttals to my you look he, you look like you wanted to back up your boy Trey.
2: No, I mean he won't slip past ten. He's a top ten pick, no matter I don't what. No man, these traits, man. You can't, you can't teach speed. You can't teach trait. You can't teach a strong arm. You can't teach, you know, being six foot three, two hundred and thirty pounds, and running a four or five. So that stuff alone will get him drafted. Where it goes, all there, it
0: takes is Mac Jones being drafted in the top ten. I think, and it well, they'll, pushes they'll both him top potentially 10. out. I think. I, think I don't we'll, think you're saying five quarterbacks are going to yeah. go top ten. Yeah. Oh boy. I, I kind of hope you're right because that would mean a lot of trades and excitement on <laughs> yeah. draft day, but I just don't see it. I don't know. We'll, well, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Casey, you've been silent. You got any?
1: I can see it. And, uh, you know, I think you're latching on to the one-year wonder type of stuff a little bit too much because you got guys like Joe Burrow that had a one-year wonder and, yeah. you know, he's playing well. You can find as many examples as you want on either okay. side of the, of okay. the bill there. Okay, okay. Joe Burrow had the best college season we've ever seen from a quarterback. It's a little different. And, yeah, in one year and, and troy lance had an amazing year He had the, he had, one yeah, year he had the best year one double a one double a so
2: in one double a not I, for I, lsu and 19 That's when right. joe burrow did it at 23 at lsu hey Different, right, hey. different but same we'll see we'll see just, saying. We'll see. just saying. same
0: same but different different <laughs> but still the same uh all right Let's move on to... This will be the final pick of our mock draft here. We'll move on to the latter half of the first round next week on the next episode on episode 88. But with the 16th overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Arizona Cardinals select...
2: Caleb Farley, uh, defensive back, Virginia Tech. We talked about how he's slipping a little bit because of a back surgery, which is very scary. But look at the needs for the Cardinals. And outside a corner... They're in good shape. I mean, maybe offensive line, even though their offensive line played pretty well last year. Uh, could use a running back, but I don't think they'll draft one at 16. But Caleb Farley, if he is healthy, he has the highest upside of any defender. Any, not defender. Defensive back uh, in this class. And you can be patient with him. the first five, six weeks. You don't have to play. You can rest. Learn a system. And by the end of the year, presumably the Cardinals are in the playoff hunt He'll be ready to go, and they're on a window, in my opinion. Kyler Murray is in a third year. Maybe after this year gets the extension. Maybe after next season gets the extension. They have J.J. Watt. They brought him for a two-year deal. They have A.J. Green. They brought him for a one-year deal. They're trying to win now, and they're in the very they're in the toughest division in football. So they have to take chances. And is Farley a chance? Yes, but the upside is too much to pass on yeah you
1: mentioned uh aj green i think the only other option here would probably be receiver because they have deandre yeah. hopkins and who else uh you know i don't think aj green is really gonna blow the doors off of uh no. the season here so they could use another weapon there to, to give kyler some help but i love caleb farley i was hoping he would drop to drop to the to the packers at 29 i don't think it's super likely but um yeah, he's got all the tools. A uh, very polished guy. It's just the the injury. Um, so I think the the medicals and is going to you know tell the story for teams and whether they're comfortable taking him at certain spots. So um, I think it's a good pick. And and you got to find someone to replace Pat Pete, and this would be a, a guy that could do it.
0: Yeah, Farley. I mean, he missed the 2017 season with uh, torn ACL. Um, he had a pretty bad year in 2018. And then he was absolutely phenomenal in 2019 um, with uh, 12 passes broken up, 20 tackles and uh, four interceptions, but he took 2020 off as well to prepare for the NFL draft. So, Um, again, it's a case of limited sample size of high production, uh, but I think he has all the tools and it's a little different than a quarterback, the quarterback position at at corner. And, um, he will be a solid pick here for the Cardinals. I know Casey, you want him to slip a little bit farther for you and it might happen. I don't think it will, but I like this pick for the Cardinals. Um, I think they can kind of get that defensive identity back and, and shore up the secondary with this guy. He's a solid player. I have him cornerback three for me. And um, can't hate on this pick. How many damn six foot one plus corners are there in this draft though? I was looking at this class. There's like 10 plus. Yeah, in, there's a lot in the top it's, 10.
2: They're all, they're all in the beginning. It's all like the top like 10 to 12 guys. and then everything besides that is like five foot ten undersized corners.
0: Yeah, it's insane. I don't remember the last time we've had this many. Yeah. Like, I feel like every draft has like a five foot nine, five foot ten, twitchy guy that everybody likes to be like, "Oh, he's really good, but can he play outside?" And, and then there's a whole stupid drama with the NFL uh, <laughs> media. <laughs> but yeah, this draft full of six foot one, six foot two, six foot even some six foot three dudes at corner. So yeah.
1: big, uh, big corners, small receivers, a lot of slot yes, receivers, a lot of small. Yeah. 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 yeah,
0: yeah, interesting class for sure, and it'll be exciting to uh, go through the uh, next set of picks with you guys uh, next week. But we can wrap things up there on episode 87. You guys have any final thoughts or any content
1: you want to shout out for the listeners to check out before we wrap things up? I went on a little love affair tirade last week about this guy, Javante Williams, but uh, did a video breakdown on him. So that article will be out on Thursday on WeeklySpiral.com. or are on the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash WeeklySpiral. Awesome.
2: What about you, Durgan? Yes, uh, mock draft came out Monday, which had the five quarterbacks in the top ten. Uh, Wednesday, gambling preview. some prop bets to make you some money or lose you some money. Knowing me, probably all losers. But, hey, what you do with that information is up to you. Uh, and then Friday, the Niners' seven-round mock draft, which is actually the toughest thing I've had to do so far in terms of weekly spiral. I have no idea. I change my mind every five minutes when it comes to picks. So that will be out Friday for sure. Uh, so I'm excited for that to come out.
0: Yeah, you just gotta put your big J journalist hat on, exactly. and you'll be fine. Exactly, <laughs> you'll be fine. This has been a weekly spot production, bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you again for sticking with us for episode eighty-seven. We hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day, it is awesome. And we'll catch you next week for the back half of the first round on episode eighty-eight.